Hey everyone, today we are doing a stream on how to photograph your art for Instagram. If you are looking to strengthen and flex your art muscle, ArtProf is the community for you. We have tutorials, critiques, and more, and it's all for free. Clara, would you like to get us started? Yeah, it's one thing to photograph your work technically, so it looks like a good photo and accurately shows what the artwork actually looks like. But it's another thing to photograph for Instagram. And really what we're after here is to give all of you ideas for different ways you could tackle Instagram. And let us know in the chat, how is Instagram going for you? Are you trying to build a following there? Are you not on it? Curious to hear. And I think we need to start out by distinguishing the difference between an Instagram photo versus a website photo, because your website is not Instagram. For example, why is this a quote website photo cat? Website photo is the final image of your final artwork and it should be professionally taken. It should be photo retouched. It's very pristine. It's extremely curated. But the thing is on Instagram, you could take the exact same artwork, which we're looking at here and present it in a totally different matter. So Deepti, why is this more suited for Instagram as a photo? Instagram is social media. It's a little bit more slice of life-y. Um, and I think it's an opportunity for people to take a look inside the inner workings of the mind of the artist. So I think that this is kind of a way of inviting people into your studio or into your practice that works really well for this platform, but might not work so well for like Clap Set, a really curated professional platform like your website. So you can see there's a really big difference. And I think your website is like your museum retrospective. Everything's aligned, it's nice and clean. Instagram can look very sloppy, but actually I think a lot of people don't realize that the quote sloppiness is what really pulls people in. Kat, why do you think a quote sloppy photo can actually do better on your Instagram than say the website photo? It's kind of like how people watch behind the scenes of films in the end, because people are so curious about the machinations of the film, what went on behind the scenes, fun facts, things that they could learn. And Instagram is that. Instagram is your behind the scenes look. So one way you can get started is by looking at other people's Instagrams. So we've got cats here. We also have Song Kang, who has done several tutorials for us. And try to get ideas from other artists. So Kat, this is a exercise I had you do because you were trying to do some revamping on Instagram. So tell people what this exercise is and then what you observed. Basically, just be hyper vigilant about how you are using social media. Observe your own behavior. And what I observed was that I really liked Instagrams that had a wide variety of artwork. I didn't like Instagrams that curated a single kind of artwork. I also really like to see photographs of the artist. And I especially found it interesting when I scrolled down, the artwork gets worse because it's older, <laughs> but that also proves that the artist is a human and is growing and changing and it's inspiring. And it's honestly makes me feel hopeful for myself. <laughs> and I just think anything that drives my curiosity will make my own Instagram interesting. So things I found interesting 
from someone else's Instagram, I ought to apply to my own Instagram and maybe boost my views, maybe boost my popularity. <laughs> HT Poke Pack says I have a habit of taking pictures from my Instagram art as if they were going on a professional portfolio website. It's too perfect. It almost becomes boring. Deep D, have you seen those artists' Instagrams where it really just is a gallery of images? And do you find those interesting? Sometimes it can be interesting, but I think that like I personally, I always crave a little bit more like personality on an Instagram page because it does kind of feel like a slightly curated sketchbook almost that you're getting to peek into. And I think that the nice thing about Instagram is that it feels a little bit more impulsive and it feels social. Um, like you can comment on things and interact with things. And I think it's easier to feel that accessibility or ability to comment and interact and have that like informal relationship with something if, if there is that kind of like the veil is lifted and it's a little bit more rough around the edges. Jane says, I also don't really know how to grow my followers. I mostly try to approach it like it's a gallery of my work for myself to reference rather than trying to be competitive. Well, so it's not so much that you want to feel that it's competitive because we all feel that way. <laughs> Trust me, it always feels like that. But really, I think the trick to social media, it's engagement and telling people your story. Who are you? What is the story of who you are? My story is that I said, screw academia. And now I'm here on YouTube having fun and doing drawings of cookies. I mean, that's my narrative for now. I mean, it's probably going to change tomorrow. But I think cat people don't realize that who you are as an artist can be just as important, if not more than the artwork itself. Have you seen that cat with Instagram artists you follow online that you care about who they are? Yeah, absolutely. I really want to know who the person is behind the screen. And when I just see a curated selection of artwork, all I get it is a sense of like, oh, they're a professional artist. And that's it. <laughs> so let's talk about also within Instagram, you can categorize the types of photos you use because Instagram story photos, is not really the same thing as say an Instagram post. So if you don't know what we're talking about, an Instagram story, you post it as a story and it's only there for 24 hours and it will disappear unless you decide to add it to your highlights, which are these little circles underneath your profile. So Deepti, how would you describe what makes an Instagram story different than a post? An Instagram story is like as informal, I think, as it gets on Instagram. Um, and I think that it feels very much like in the moment and almost like you're having a conversation with your followers because people can respond to it. Um, I think about it when I'm looking at a celebrity's Instagram, if I see an Instagram story of theirs, a lot of the time it's like they're at like a Knicks game or like a Lakers game and it's like a photo of them courtside or like a video of them like waving, you know, it's like super informal, honestly, something like you would text a friend. Um, so they're fun and casual and like really like zingy um, and not maybe as curated as something that you would put on your grid. I'm curious to hear from people here, who here looks at Instagram stories and why do you look at them? So Kat, compared to posts, would you say you always look at stories or just once in a while? What's your relationship versus how often you're looking through your feed? Oh my gosh, well, I look through my feed. I've been trying to take a break. So I look through my feed once every few days now. 
But highlights, I pretty much look at every day, but only from a few people, the people I'm really curious about. Like I want to start a conversation with them. I want to know what's going on in their lives. Those are the people I always look at for their highlights. And I look at them pretty much every day. They're like my close friends. I mean, what that says is that the people that bother to tap on your story, those are your hardcore fans. Because the people who sort of like you, they may not bother. Because the thing about a story is that you have to tap on it. If you don't tap on it, it doesn't show up. So Deep D, do you find that you are selective about who you watch stories from? Yeah, I mean, I think that Instagram is, uh, the algorithm curates it. So people that you anyways interact with more or whose profile you looked at more kind of show up um, if they have posted a story recently at the beginning for you to click on. But I do find that I'm more inclined to click on a story if it's of someone that I care about or an artist or a celebrity or someone that I'm excited about um, rather than anyone. But I will say once you're watching stories, you can just keep clicking and it'll just go to the next person, go to the next person. And it's I find that sometimes I'm like, you know, 20 minutes deep of just clicking these stories and I'm like, my eyes have turned into like squiggles. Um, so that happens sometimes too. <laughs> Maybe I'm a weirdo, but sometimes I like the stories more than the posts. Am I a weirdo, Kat? I mean, no. There's a reason why I look at high, uh, stories every day and just only scroll through my feed once every few days. I just feel like it's more intimate and almost more casual. Like, oh my gosh, social media already is such a fast-paced environment <laughs> that I'm going to categorize feed and stories as different paces as well. Like Stories are even faster. And that's why I engage with it more. So another tip that you can do for your Instagram photos, show your tools and your materials. Deepti, why do you think this is a good way to pull your audience in to get to know you better? I think it's like that slice of life um, behind the scenes kind of interaction. And also it feels like you are having a conversation with them. You're not just showing them a final product as if they're coming into your gallery show. You're inviting them into your studio and having them see kind of like the process and what you're using. And that starts a conversation and is also just a little bit more informal and friendly. And I think is like Kat said, is that behind the scenes of a movie? It's like, if people are interested in your work, I think they're interested in like how you made it too and maybe why you made it. So these are ways of like engaging with those questions and that intrigue. And I think sometimes artists will say to me, oh, nobody cares about my palette. I'm like, yes, they do. I mean, you would not believe the depth of questions we get here at Art Brawl about, well, Kat, what kind of nib are you using? Well, I'm using a dip nib. Yeah, but what size is it? What brand is it? Like people want all the tea on your art supplies. So why does this enhance somebody's personality as an artist cat? Seeing a shot of what a wreck my desk is. <laughs> well, I feel like an artist's tools are so indicative of the artists themselves. It's almost like a part of their personality. And every single artist I see, I do want to know what kind of mediums are you using? It's sort of like, some people say that people's driving skills are indicative of who they are as people. Well, in the artist sense, <laughs> sometimes it's the medias that are indicative of the kind of 
people they are. Like I use a dip pen, dip nib. I'm a very meticulous drawer. Clara, on the other hand, uses all <laughs> kinds of mediums that are so much messier. I just like love the personality differences between us through our medias. Jennifer Noel, thank you so much for the super sticker. We greatly appreciate your support. And sometimes it's really helpful not just to show the materials, but show them next to the artwork. Why does this photo change your perception versus, say, the photo that we had before? So here is just supplies. There's no artwork. Now we have the artwork next to the supplies. BP, why is this another way to communicate? I think it's a nice way of showing like the product and the result kind of, and also just being like, this is exactly what I use to create this thing, you know? Um, and just showing like bridging that gap of like, what was the process? Scale is very hard to convey online because you're not interacting with physical objects. And so showing a tool just immediately, you can tell how big that print is. Why does scale matter? cat why should people sort of understand oh this is not a big print this is a small print how does that affect mm. the way we absorb the artwork when you have it on a very curated website and just the image you can't see size at all unless you go into the description but on instagram if you put a supply next to it if you really give a sense of the scale it suddenly becomes much more tangible you have a better more real idea of how this artwork exists in the world because you can write in a text caption, this drawing is 18 inches by 24 inches, but deep, deep does that really drive the idea home or is this faster and more efficient showing the knife next to the drawing? No, not at all. And a lot of times people don't really read that or pay attention to that, but the knife is just a really quick way to show that um, in a fun way too. It's like, it's almost like you're playing like a board game and you're or like an I spy game and you're like getting to see all the elements. It's like a fun way of spicing up your image. Tell us in the chat if you like seeing an artist's supplies and how you feel that changes or enhances rather your perception of them. Because I love seeing people's palettes. Have you noticed that every person's palette is different? It's almost like you're seeing an artist's thumbprint by looking at their palette and seeing what their brushes are. And I just think it's another way to show who you are as an artist. I mean, to a certain degree, it kind of bums me out a little that we do have all this pressure to be personalities online because ultimately I think, well, shouldn't it just be about the artwork? It's kind of annoying that we have to sell ourselves as personality. Kat, do you have any tips for how to reconcile that? Because I know not everybody's comfortable with that. Yeah, I also have trouble with that too. We're saying don't curate your Instagram too much, but if I look at my own Instagram, I'm like, oh, I'm, a, I'm definitely curating it too much. And I have trouble showing my own personality on my Instagram. I guess just do whatever you feel comfortable with. Like don't feel like you have to curate for a certain audience. I think what you should think about is curating for yourself. Looking back on your Instagram, what is it that you want to remember? What is it that you want to document? What is it that you feel comfortable sharing out into the world? And taking that into consideration and making that your main drive. Because you have to remember when something's online, it's there forever. People can always screenshot things. 
And you do have to think carefully about, hey, where do I draw the line? Where do I say, you know what? That's not something I want to share. Deep D, do you have any tips for how to figure that out? Because it's different for every artist. Yeah, I think just, you know, if your gut is telling you that something makes you feel uncomfortable or if you really feel like you're doing it because other people are telling you to, maybe that's a boundary that you just don't want to cross. And if you see someone else doing something and you look at that and you're like, oh, huh, maybe that's a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I could be interested, like perhaps making a reel or like a TikTok video that you post on Instagram. Those are things that maybe you should try. So if something makes you really uncomfortable, if putting your face on your Instagram makes you really uncomfortable, then I would say don't do it because what that will turn into is like anxiety and watching for likes and feeling way too uh, self-conscious. So just do what's under the realm of comfort for you and perhaps that will grow. Um, but start wherever it feels comfortable. That said though, there are ways to show your face in a way that maybe don't feel so uncomfortable. So I would just say don't ever write off any option until you've really explored different ways to go about doing that. Like for example, showing your hands. This is a really nice way to show people a little bit of yourself, but not have to put your face on display. What is it about hands, Kat, that maybe feels sort of intimate? Well, you're still going to see a part of the artist. And actually, not a lot of people realize, but hands are just such an intimate like body part. Like It's something that you use every day. And to see the artist's hands is such a cool photo opportunity on an artist's Instagram. Another thing is that it becomes a your artwork becomes a tangible thing when you touch it, when you hold it in your hand, because now people get a sense, oh, how large is it? How do you hold it? What kind of material it is? There's a lot of information to be portrayed through a picture of your hand. I mean, Deep D, what's the difference here? <laughs> we've got the hand with the sticker and we have the original image. How do you perceive these differently? Well, it's a great example of showing scale, also like material, um, and like, I don't know, it's, it's cool to be like, oh my God, like the artist is holding the sticker. Like, that's so cool. Like that's their work. That's their baby. Their hands created that. And now they're holding it. It makes it so much more personal. Pat says, I find the tools allow you to visualize the artist's methods, even when they aren't showing a process video and gives me ideas for products and methods I want to try. Well, we've been accused here of being some major art supply enablers because some of you have done some shopping because of our recommendations. But yeah, it's educational as well. Sometimes people are not aware of, oh, there's this sculpture tool and maybe it could help some of you out. Not every artist I think necessarily wants to be an educational Instagram, but I am. And so I provide oftentimes that information because I know it's gonna be helpful for other artists. Justin says, the more you show your face, the easier it gets, but it can feel uncomfortable at first. Well, Deepti, we know you've been doing a lot of acting. I'm assuming at some point you had to get over showing your face, right? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, some of the biggest names in Hollywood have seen me do some pretty embarrassing things. So I will say that I have no fear right now of showing my face ever again, but um, it does, you know, you do have to get comfortable and also just rid yourself of that self-criticism and just be like, that's my face. I'm stuck with it you know, um, and most of the time you're going to be super harsh on yourself and no one else will care about the things that you're criticizing. So that always helps me move past it. 
Jane says, I always feel a little awkward showing my hands. Don't know why. Maybe it is the intimacy or maybe I just feel less professional trying to get over it. Well, Jane, I actually sat down with one of my former students several years ago when I was just starting to do Instagram and they were explaining to me everything we're <laughs> explaining to you right now. And I remember looking at photos like this thinking, oh, this looks so sloppy. It looks so unprofessional. Everything has to be. And at a certain point, I realized I get it now. I get why people like this better because those website images, people would complain, oh, they look so sterile. I don't feel like I know the artist. And I think that's the difference. I think people want to know who the artist is now. And so in our heads, we might think, oh, this looks so sloppy. But Kat, I think for a lot of people, this feels intimate. They feel like you're there in the studio with the artist. It doesn't feel so distant. Yeah, I agree. Um, and people don't usually see this stuff on an artist's website. That's why people actually seek out the Instagram is to feel the intimacy, to get to know the artist. Well, think about this. The artists that you like, think in your head how often you visited their website versus how often you visited their Instagram. I mean, I think most artists all visit their website like twice and then that's it. Maybe if they have a big update, I'll look at it again. But I am on the Instagram like 99 times more than the website. And it's because I want to learn about this person and their narrative. Okay, let's talk about close-ups and far views. Just getting some variety in. Because, Kat, I think you said the Instagrams you were more interested in were the ones that were different with every post. It wasn't the same thing over and over again. Why does that variety help? Because then I get a multifaceted story of what's going on this in this artist's head. If I saw the same kind of artwork with the whole Instagram, um, I, I almost feel like it's a curated product from a company. I don't see a journey. I don't see evolution. And that's why I like different kinds of photographs. In fact, when I look through an Instagram feed, I will click on the image that is the most different from the rest. <laughs> to look up close because I'm like, oh, that's different. Well, what's happening here? Just drives my curiosity. Well, so Deep D, this picture I took, I stood up on a chair all the way down, bird's eye view. This one's way up close. How do we interact with these two photos differently? Well, I think this photo is a great like overall understanding of this work or work in progress, the materials. But I do crave kind of like jumping in and getting a closer look at like the textures involved. And over here, you're getting a really nice like close up engagement with it to see like how the tool even interacts with the material, which is like really cool. It's almost a snapshot of an item in movement. But then you are also craving like, well, what am I looking at? Like, what is the final product? What, what am, what's the end product? So it's nice to have a combination of both. So it's almost like you can go into a studio and interact with a piece as you would in real life. So Neil is asking, how do you actually shoot these photos with the hands on them? Kat, any tips? Well, you, most people have two hands. So you have the phone in one hand and you're drawing with the other. On another, on another hand, you can ask somebody else to take a picture of it. Or another thing I actually do is pose my camera and take a video. And sometimes I just screenshot images of my hands just working from that video. So here we come back to that idea of showing your face, not all the time, but just once in a while. 
because I know that I'm like cat. Once I see, oh, that's a picture of the artist, I always tap on it right away because I'm curious to know who they are. Now, here's the thing though. This is where I think sometimes people don't realize how many options they have. So instead they say, oh, I don't want to do this at all. And I'm like, yeah, but there are many versions. Like this is sort of a head shoddy image of Dee from a million years ago. And then how is that photo different than this one, Deep D? Well, this is my theatrical headshot for acting, actually. So it's, you know, I'm acting with the camera. But this is more recent. This was from a year ago. The previous one was from like six years ago. Um, this one, I'm kind of like, the first one, I'm looking kind of off into the distance. It's kind of like, oh, she's interacting with someone. Maybe my hair looks like I just woke up. I'm not like dressed to the nines. The next one, I'm, you know, like leading lady. My hair is like all done. <laughs> and I, you know, have a little smirk on. Um, and then this one is like the artist, you know, working. So it's three completely different um ways of interacting with the artist or seeing them as a person. And I think all are valid, but all have their own space. And it's incredible to see, this is a slide, they're all pictures of Deep D, but you interact with them so differently. And sometimes people think, oh, I have to have the like beautiful, professional acting headshot. I gotta look like that. I mean, let's face it, a lot of us don't look like this, you know, to be on Instagram, but you don't. I mean, like this picture's fine. It's not super fancy, but Deep D, does this tell you something about Kat as an artist? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it shows me Kat's like workstation. Um, it also like, I feel like I'm visiting her and she's working and I'm peering over her. You know, the point of view is very interesting too. So yeah, I mean, I think it's a very different photo than if I was just seeing the Cintiq. Here's a picture of Alex. Of course, he's reading a book called The Black Death. And this is not an artist shot, but why might a fun picture like this every now and then come in handy, Kat? Because artists are people and people have different interests. And I, now I know Alex loves books about the Black Death. <laughs> it's interesting. And then you can also have more stereotypical, here's my work. I'm in the studio. But also another thing to think about is eye contact. Like, come on, I, how can you not fall for Jordan's smile? You know, the way he's <laughs> looking at you, it's just so disarming. But then here, Deep D doesn't even know we're here. And so we're more observing her at this cafe. And I would just say experiment. Like I have a couple of these like teacher photos that I have once in a while. But then I love this picture of Lauren. What do you think about this picture, Kat? Oh, just so approachable, but professional. Like this is a very inviting artist, but we are in the studio with the artist. And so it's almost like Lauren's giving us a tour of her studio and going like, hello, friend, look at this huge painting I'm doing. <laughs> and I think it just never hurts just to ongoing collect pictures of yourself because you just never know when you're going to need them. Like I love this picture of you deep D because it's super casual. You're with the artwork. It's not like your acting photo, but it gets me to know you in a different way. So tell us why you shot this particular photo the way you did. This actually funny enough, I think is my most liked post on Instagram ever, um, which is really funny because I posted the actual animation and then I posted this like immediately after. And I think people loved like seeing the work, but then being like, oh my God, there she is with it. But um, 
I think one, it shows off my personality a little bit. Like even like the fact that you can see my fingernails, I was like about to click the camera again, but it was on self timer and I like messed up, but it was like a very impromptu candid photo I took, but a, I'm like clearly very proud of what I made. So I think that's maybe endearing or something, but it's, you know, an image that shows not only the artwork, but the artist and you get a bit of personality in it too. Jennifer says, I think I have fear of posting my art on Instagram because I'm so afraid of not getting any responses. I think that might be worse than people saying mean things. Thoughts about that, Kat? We've all been there. The post that gets nothing and it's just crickets. Oh, man. I know this is tough advice, but you got to just ignore the responses. <laughs> ignore the fact that there is no response because what you're doing ultimately is to fulfill something for yourself. Think about yourself first. And also, I'm sure if you have like family or close friends following you on Instagram, I am sure they will interact with your posts. And those are the people that matter, the people who are close to you. I feel you though, because I would rather somebody be like, you suck than get nothing. I don't know why. It's like it hurts more to not be acknowledged. I don't know. Do you feel that way, DP? Yeah, I mean, if someone says you suck, at least they're saying something. If someone's saying nothing, it's like when you're sitting in critique and nobody has anything to say and you're just like, oh my God, my work doesn't even incite any sort of response. I'd rather you like tear it to pieces rather than just be quiet. Um, but yeah, I think that also like Instagram is a great tool for like creating community. We've talked about this a lot and like making internet friends or supporting each other. So like build that community. And I think if you're liking and commenting on other people's stuff, they'll probably do the same for you. Um, but like Kat said, at the end of the day, you should be posting for yourself and that kind of like personal joy of doing it. So try, it's a lot easier said than done, but try not to think about that. <laughs> Here's another tip. Show what you're drawing. Why, Kat, do you think people care about the hotel breakfast <laughs> that I was sketching? I mean, it's not really that exciting, but I put it in with the post of my drawing. Well, people love to see the reference of anything you're drawing, but also having these two images right next to each other shows the source and then Clara's lens, Clara's point of view on the scene. And people love that dynamic because then you get to see an aspect of the artist. What made it different from the reference? Also, if you can sneak in a pet, it works. Would you say that's the case, Deep D? <laughs> oh my gosh, of course. Oh, the pets, they go so far for you, like, you know, in life and also on, on Instagram, they do so much. But I think a lot of this is also showing the source what you began with and then what you transformed it into. Like this is from an oil pastel drawing I did here, the reference photos on the right and the oil pastel drawings on the left. And I think people like seeing, hey, what changed and what stayed the same and how are people using their reference photos and how the image gets transformed. Well, this is an interesting comment from Anna who says, I feel self-conscious showing works in progress. Any tips for that, Kat? Just think about how when you visit your favorite artist webpage, you want to work. Well, honestly, it doesn't really matter if it was a crappy sketch. You're still interested. You want to know what you're working on. And even if you feel self-conscious, really uncomfortable post it. People know who you are. They want to see 
Jesus. Which actually brings us to the next topic, which is that people love seeing sketches. Deepti, what is it about these crappy sketches I do in five minutes that get more likes than work I slaved over for hours? It drives me crazy. Honestly, I'm still trying to figure it out, but I think that there is something nice about seeing like that halfway point, the the quickness of it, um, and just like the lack of care. I mean, it's not care, but it's like the fact that you really just like created this thing and it was so in the moment. Um, and you really see the energy of your marks and sketches a lot more than sometimes you do in a final piece, uh, which I think is nice. And a lot of times sketches are so intimate too. Um, like it's of like a person that you love or like some random animal, but it just feels like a lot more like you're getting inside the mind of the artist, which I really like. I think to me, sketches feel more human. I think sometimes I go to a museum and there's this like giant installation and it's 500 feet tall and built from, I'm like, I don't know how to relate to this sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's cool. I like work like that as well. But Kat, what is it about seeing these really crummy big sketches that for some people is very endearing on Instagram? Sketches are accessible. People feel like, hey, you do that, I can do it too. And it's that connection that people crave. It is not like when you go to a museum and you see like a 500 foot tall canvas because that's a huge disconnect, right? That right there, I can't do that. But sketches, I can do that. Yeah, like C. Cantrell says, intimate, natural, and immediately come from the hand. Another thing you can do on Instagram, and this is a great way to just get as much as you can out of each artwork because sometimes people say, oh, well, I don't have enough to post. And I'm like, listen, if you show the development of an individual artwork, you can milk multiple posts out of that one drawing. So for example, this is a drawing that I did recently of these guacamole flowers that my mother-in-law made. And so I posted a bunch of the earlier stages and this in turn actually built anticipation which for me, erosure was huge. Deep Deep, why did it matter that Deep that Mia was showing people her tarot card deck before her Kickstarter campaign? Well, I think you nailed it. Like it's that anticipation. It's the wanting more and kind of knowing what's to come, but not being sure. And I think with the Kickstarter, it's a great way of being like, well, this is what I've created so far. You know, like I could do so much more, but I need the means to get there. Um, but I think anticipation is such a great way of also keeping like a fan base. I hate using the word fan, but like people who are dedicated to your work and like seeing parts of it and feeling like they're on a journey with you. Thank you so much, RB Dick, for the super sticker. We always need your support. So thank you so much with that. Now, beyond the anticipation, though, Kat, why is it fun to see the unfinished stuff? Because sometimes the unfinished stuff looks kind of crappy. <laughs> well, you can go along with the journey with the artist and learn something from it, too. There's nothing more endearing about a post than if you are able to learn something for yourself. The artist is showing their behind-the-scenes process and building anticipation by showing work in progresses. And... It just feels nice that you can see that process and maybe also imitate it, learn from it, improve yourself with it. I would like to hear from people in the chat. Do you feel that you learn 
from seeing a work in progress? Because in addition to that, I love how Anna says this, I think sketches is a window into the thought process of the artist. So again, it's like getting into their head and understanding who they are. Detail shots are great, especially there's a lot of artworks where you're just losing so much visual information. I mean, people are usually on the phone. I never look at Instagram on my laptop. And so generally speaking, it's a very small image you're looking at. Now that said though, you got to justify the detail shot. Like if you have a detail shot and it's not that different than the original, it's sort of redundant. Like DT, what do you see in the image on the left that wasn't as visible in the complete image of the artwork? I think the way that the watercolor is interacting with the page and bleeding and your mark making is a lot more apparent in the image on the left than on the right, which I think is something that I gain and enjoy. Um, seeing in the detail shots. Yeah, so just make sure that you actually need a detail photo because sometimes you really don't. It's just not necessary. Now, a lot of people use carousel posts and this is really efficient because you don't have to clog people's feed. You can put up to 10 images into a single post. And this is my tip, which is that the images in a carousel, they should relate to each other. Why do you think that might be helpful, Kat? Because you're sort of packaging this one post. You don't want to do like a whole bunch of different stories in a package, right? In this package, try to focus on like one take, this one story. If you want to tell another kind of story, save that for another post. More content, right? <laughs> and so what's the problem with this, Deep D? If I took all these portraits, they're all portraits, and I put them in a carousel, why might this not work as well as, say, the one we just looked at? I think because you're trying to feed too much information in one post, um, I think that any one of these, you can make a carousel with maybe like an image of the materials you used with the image, a detailed shot. Um, there's so much of a story, like Kat said, in each of these uh, images that you've created that they all, I think, deserve their own um, post. And I think that if you put it all together, it might just get overwhelming and confusing and not have that same impact and story behind it. That said though, don't be afraid to mix it up. So this is a drawing that I did of making peach jam with my mother-in-law. And so the three images at the top, that's pretty obvious, that's work in progress. But there's an image in the lower left, which is just the peaches in the sink. That doesn't look like the others, but it's related. It's part of telling that story. Same thing with the photo on the lower right where you see her hands actually cutting it. So there's different ways that you can keep the carousel diverse but also related at the same time. We do have many other videos about Instagram, for example, how toxic it can be. I suspect many of us have felt that way at some point. We also have another stream on self-promotion mistakes. And remember, this Google Slideshow is available, so always feel free to come back and revisit. The link is in the YouTube video description below, and you can also get access to all of our slideshows on artprof.org. And thank you so much, Anna, for the super chat. We would not be here without all of you. Art Prof has a podcast. It's available on Spotify and also on iTunes. And Deep D and Kat will be in the Art Prof Discord right after the stream. They'll be in the post live streams channel. I know there are a lot of questions that we didn't have time to get to. So you can ask them over there. Subscribe to our channel. Like this video. Leave us a comment. 
because we've got our wonderful top Patreon supporters who help us keep going. We have Catherine Chow, Rio B, and Vanessa Fauci, who recently joined. And look at that Patreon goal. We really, really want to get there. We're almost there, but we need your help. So please consider supporting us because, you know, you get goodies too. This is not just giving us funds for our budget. You also get a lot of fun Patreon rewards. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.